This is Mysteries of the Kingdom with James Stuber. I'd like to invite you to join me for the podcast every Tuesday, where we will be unveiling and explaining the hidden mysteries in the Bible. Invite your friends and look for us on Spotify and Apple. Welcome to Mysteries of the Kingdom with James Stuber. You can find us every Tuesday on Spotify, where you can also find many other teachings of the Bible. James and Sandra Stuber Ministries will go live on Facebook on the Sandra Stuber Facebook page, and which is where we will post that immediately after the broadcast. We will also post this podcast, Mysteries of the Kingdom with James Stuber, on the James and Sandra Stuber Ministry page along with the Facebook Live on that page as well. Now, before we get to the mysteries of 1 Corinthians 14, I would like to go uh, to the book of Acts and share with you the beginning or foundation of the mystery of 1 Corinthians 14 in the book of Acts. So today we will be speaking about the mysteries of the kingdom in 1 Corinthians 14, or speaking mysteries in the Spirit. Now, Acts chapter 2, verse 4 says... And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now it's interesting to know that in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he tells them, But you shall receive... What? You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, your hometown, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Now to do this and accomplish this great task, they would have to have a translator to go with them that could speak their language, because they only spoke in Aramaic and Greek, and one that could speak the languages of all the rest of the cities, and the rest of the uttermost parts of the earth. But now God had a plan, and his plan for them to accomplish this great commission began in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were obeying what Jesus had instructed them to do in Luke chapter 24 and verse 49, saying, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they received power after the Holy Ghost came upon them or sat upon them and they were filled. uh, It came to them. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They received this heavenly language from heaven to communicate with God. And while God was doing and giving this great gift, he gave them diverse kinds or different kinds of tongues 
to be able to witness unto Christ, unto God in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And this is another mystery. Verse 5 says, And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, there were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Verse 6 says, Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? In other words, all they could speak was in their language, Aramaic and Greek. And uh, that's why they were amazed and marveled. But they said in verse 8, How hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? They heard the language in verse 9 of the Parthians and the Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and uh, in Ju- and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Persia and Pamphylia and Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God as which they stated here in verse 9. So we find here, even though part of this passage is talking about the gift or manifestation of diverse kinds or different kinds of tongues in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, verses 12 through 18 of Acts chapter 2 is speaking of an outpouring of the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, in which sons and daughters are prophesying. I want you to go back and take the time to read that. And Acts chapter uh, 2, verses 12 uh, through 18. Now the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 10, One of the last gifts or manifestations of the Holy Ghost listed here is the interpretation of tongues. Now Acts 2, 2, 4 says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So you see, to have this gift or manifestation listed uh, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, of the interpretation of tongues, there has to be a speaking in tongues. How can you interpret a tongue if it's not spoken? It has to be spoken, then interpreted. So Christ gave them power after the Holy Ghost came upon them and filled them with the Holy Ghost, and they spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the Apostle Paul wrote about these gifts or manifestations after they began to manifest through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now there is a speaking with other tongues also listed in Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And it says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. So the unknown tongue or speaking in tongues is what we'll be talking about today. We'll not discuss at this point the diverse kind or different kinds of tongues. Excuse me, given as a gift or manifestation of the Holy Ghost listed to witness in their hometowns or in the uttermost parts of the earth, spoken in different languages or dialects, fulfilling the Great Commission. But we'll be talking about a heavenly language of the Spirit of God that comes from the Holy Ghost uh, to help you and I communicate with God in that heavenly language of speaking in tongues. It is a communication that the devil cannot understand. Because there is an interpretation of tongues, proves to you and I that there has to be uh, 
speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. I said, because there is an interpretation of tongues listed in 1 Corinthians 12.10 as a gift of manifestation of the Holy Ghost, that proves to you and I that there has to be a speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission or forgiveness of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Acts 2.39 says, For this promise, or the promise, is unto you and to your children, and to all that are far off, any, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, the Holy Ghost is not just tongues, but it is one of the main evidences listed and one of the main listings in the scripture as a result of being filled with the Holy Ghost along with two other evidence or proofs that you've received the Holy Ghost. The two evidences are in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It goes on to say even verses before verse 8, it gives you power to overcome, to preach the gospel to do the works of God. The verse 5 says, to be baptized with water, or water is a type of the word, to be submerged into the word, to be baptized in, but you will be baptized in the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now, number two, it gives you power to witnesses, witness because it says you will be witnesses unto me. You'll be witnesses unto them. Acts, ver, or Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth receiving power to overcome to witness to every nation and tongue God speaking different languages through us to fulfill the great commission that was lost at the Tower of Babel. Now they had the opportunity to reach the lost and they were all of one language and they tried to build their own tower into heaven and God had to confound their language and scatter them abroad. And now we find here in Acts 2, he restores the gift or manifestation through the apostle to preach the gospel to them in their native language. Now this is through the gift of the diverse kinds of tongues in which I couldn't help but get into a little bit, but we're going to be talking about the unknown tongue as we go along here. I just want to show you the difference uh, between the diverse kinds of tongues and speaking in tongues. Now, this is a mystery to me, how that this heavenly language, the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, is part of the manifestation of that along with power and witnessing or power to witness as listed in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It's a mystery that this heavenly language from heaven, the from the rim of eternity, can be transferred from this rim of eternity into the earth in this sphere called time to be placed inside of me and to be spoken out of you and I. Now the Holy Ghost knows heaven's language, of course, and heaven's power. 1 Corinthians 14.1 tells us, follow after charity, love and desire spiritual gifts. Desire these Holy Ghost manifestations, but rather that you may prophesy. In other words, always be ready to edify the church. Praise God. At the giving uh, of the gift or manifestation of divers or different kinds of tongues in Acts 2, he also gave us the gift of the Holy Ghost. And one of the ways the manifestations is 
in the speaking in tongues. Here's a text we'll focus on on first, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. It says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Now, how do we know that? Because it goes on to say, For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. So he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh to God, and in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries that no man understands. Now God is Spirit. He communicates with the Spirit of man. He that speaks God's tongue or God's language does not speak it to men or those after the flesh because no man or one living after the flesh can understand him or speak or understand God's language. Now the flesh knows the things of the flesh, the Bible says, and the spirit knows the things of the spirit. The unknown tongue is for your communication with God. This is when you're praying in tongues to God between you and him. And again, the devil doesn't understand this language. Now, this Holy Ghost manifestation of this language or tongue from heaven is speaking mysteries unknown to the natural man. It is only made known to those who have repented, baptized, and are submerged into Christ and filled with the Holy Ghost to those that are filled with that power. Now, those that have this power speaks unto God in this heavenly language. If that heavenly language is made known to you by the Holy Ghost and interpreted, that is considered the gift of prophecy or manifestation of prophecy. Now, let me give you further detail. 1 Corinthians 14, 3 says, But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men, to edification, exhortation, and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaks to God and not to men. And he that prophesieth does speak unto men. So tongues to God plus the interpretation of tongues to men equals prophecy and brings edification, exhortation, and comfort to the church. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4 says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. You speak in tongues, you edify yourself. But if you prophesy or interpret tongues, then you edify the church. Now the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, I would, I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied or edified the church. He said, I would that ye all spake in tongues, edified God and edified yourself, but rather that ye prophesied that you would edify the church. For greater is he that prophesieth or edifieth the church than he that speaketh with tongues to edify himself, except he interprets that the church may receive edifying. Hallelujah. This interpretation is, is interpreting what God or the Holy Ghost is saying or speaking. Holy Ghost, heavenly language, making himself known to the church. Paul said he'd rather us interpret the heavenly language. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 14, 6 says, Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? It'll profit me and God's communion, and it will profit in the Spirit, speaking mysteries in the Spirit. It is unknown to us, but known to God. But unless He reveals it and allows us to speak it out in English. 
What shall I profit you, except I shall speak to you either by revelation, or by knowledge, or by prophesying, or by doctrine? 1 Corinthians 14.7 says, And even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harp? Now there's a difference in life-giving sounds, sounds or tongues from heaven, words or messages from the Spirit. Now Jesus said, My words, they are spirit and life. Unless our words are spirit and life, no one will know what is said or understood what is said. Different sounds mean different things. 1 Corinthians 14.8 says, For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? If the trumpet doesn't give a battle sound, who will know to prepare for the battle? The enemy would come before on them before they knew to prepare because they did not uh, receive this uh, specific sound of uh, the trumpet sound going to battle. So speaking in tongues also has a distinct sound or, ver- or voice. 1 Corinthians 14, 9 says, So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue, Words easy to be understood. How shall it be known what is spoken? For you shall speak unto the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Everyone has a signature on their voice, what their message is. So this heavenly language that comes from the Holy Ghost has a signature and a voice in what heaven's message is, what God's message is, and it is not uncertain. It is a certain message. It is a distinct certain sound that we cannot deny who it is and what the message is. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Explain to me this meaning is what what we're saying here. We want to know the meaning. Unless we're born again and filled with the Spirit, it has to be explained to us. Amen. And even then, if we don't have understanding, the wicked one will come and take that which is sown in our heart out of our heart. Amen. So in verse 12, it says, Even so ye, forasmuch as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Bring the understanding of the God's voice to the church. Amen. Wherefore, verse 13, Let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret and bring understanding or this message from God. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Now God understands, but my natural mind doesn't, because this prayer is spiritual, and I am in a natural body with a natural mind. Only with the mind of Christ or the mind of the Spirit can I understand. Verse 15 says, What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit praying in tongues, and I will pray with understanding also in my language, in English, or whatever your language may be. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. I will edify myself, but I will edify others as well. If uh, if I pray in tongues, otherwise the unlearned will not understand what you say. Verse 16, Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? 
for thou verily givest thanks well. But the other in the natural unlearned is not edified. Verse 18 says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than y'all. Now this was the Apostle Paul that was making this statement. Yet in the church, I had rather speak five words with my understanding in English that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Brethren, be not children in understanding whose understanding is limited. How about, how be it in malice in the, in the mind of children? Be ye children, but in understanding be men, th- those that can contain more understanding and wisdom. In the law it is written, With men of other tongues and of other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, saith the Lord, because they will not understand or have it in their spirit language unless it is interpreted unto them. Verse 22 says, Wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not, knowing that they don't have power or this gift, but prophesying serveth not, or is not for them that believe not. The gifts of tongues are prophesying not for them, but for them which believe and obey. Tongues is given to the believer to edify himself and communicate with God and in the Spirit to speak mysteries, things only known by God, spoken in God's language. Now, I want to give you an example of a church setting that talks about in verse 23. If therefore the whole church become together in one place and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that you're a man because they lack understanding? And it seems to them that you've lost your mind. But if all prophesy, edify the church through exhortation and comfort and edification, and there come in one that believeth not or one unlearned, he is convinced of all he is judged and discerned of all because it's in a way he can understand it verse 25 and thus the secrets of his heart made manifest or revealed and so falling down on his face he will worship god and reporters say that god is in you of a truth how is it then brethren when you come together every one of you hath a psalm hath a doctrine hath a word a tongue a revelation an interpretation Let all things be done unto edifying. Now, if any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. Amen. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Now, verse 29 through 33, you can go back and read it, and it's concerning the prophets. And in verses 36 through 40, it says, What came the word out from you or to you only? Out from you, the word coming out from you would be prophesying. The word coming to you, which is the unknown language between you and God, the unknown tongue, would be between you and God. So number one, the mysteries are, in 1 Corinthians 14, is speaking mysteries in the Spirit, according to 1 Corinthians 14, 2. The unknown tongue speaks to God and not to men, edifies self and God and not others, unless interpreted or prophesied. Number two, the mystery. there's a mystery of power in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We receive this power from God. 
this power to overcome, this power to preach the gospel and to do the works of God. And it says, power to witness. Verse three, or uh, I'm sorry, number three, the third mystery is the mystery of the heavenly language and how it could be uh, transferred from the realm of eternity into my spirit down through the natural realm of this sphere we live in called time. Uh, the next mystery is number four. It's um, this heavenly language or unknown tongue. The devil cannot understand this heavenly language. The devil cannot understand this unknown tongue. 1 Corinthians 14 and 2. But uh, be- this heavenly tongue is between us and God only. Amen. So I want to pray for you right now. I hope this has brought some understanding to you concerning the unknown tongue, praying between you and God, and then uh, uh, tongues plus interpretation of tongues, edifying the church through uh, prophesying. And uh, uh, we've talked a little bit on the last broadcast about the diverse kinds and different kinds of tongues. I hope this is giving you information on that at the time that they received the Holy Ghost in the upper room, that they not only received the gift or manifestations of different kinds of tongues where they can speak to different people of different languages and nations of the world, but they also receive this gift of the Holy Ghost where they can communicate and talk to God directly without the devil knowing what they, what we, we're talking about and that we're speaking spirit or mysteries in the spirit. Amen. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that the gift and manifestation of the unknown tongue be made manifest in your people, in the individuals, in the church. Father, we ask that the gift of interpretation of tongues would be manifest, as this is one of the last ones that is listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. And Father, we pray, God, that you would overshadow them, those that are not filled with the Holy Ghost. We pray that they would desire spiritual gifts, that you will fill them with the Holy Ghost and fire, that you will fill them with the power of God, power to overcome and power to witness in the name of Jesus. I want to thank you for joining us uh, this evening uh, on this podcast. We will be sharing it on uh, James and Sandra Stuber Ministries uh, page on Facebook, and we will also be sharing this on Spotify, where you can find other messages that we've been preaching or teaching or ministering uh, there. Uh, we could only come on every Tuesday, but this podcast was delayed this week until uh, Thursday, which is Thursday night. Here I am ministering this at uh, 9.57 uh, p.m. that we're getting ready to close it out. So I just want to thank you for joining us tonight. Look for our uh, Facebook Live, uh, where you could watch us on video on Sandra Stuber's page, uh, in which we will be posting on James and Sandra Stuber Ministries page after that is completed every Tuesday night at 6.30. So I want to thank you for joining us and uh, keep continuing to study the Word of God uh, that you be not deceived. One of the things that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, when his disciples said, tell us when the end of the time will be, the sign of the, thy coming. And he said, take heed that you be not deceived. That's why I tell people, do not take what I say, but make sure you study it out in the word of God for yourself because it's all in there. How do you know that I'm not going to deceive you? How do you know that any man is not going to deceive you? You don't. That's why you need to be in the Word of God. 
So I thank you for joining us for Mysteries in the Kingdom with James Stuber. And until next Tuesday, God bless you.